silence you know it's like I haven't been speaking for a little bit or waiting to see like <laughs> is there a problem here really what I would love to do just right now we're not going to but what I would love to do is I just love to read the psukim from the last chapter of Sefer Shmos the or of Nisan, which even permeates Chodesh Adar already. Yemei Nisan, Adar Nisan together. Yavo Hamelech Vahaman Hayom. The Rosh Hashivos of Yudke Vavke that appear within the Megillah, that hidden place of Hashem being in the Megillah. Yismuchos Shemayim is Sagelarts. This is what the whole world has been waiting for their Bon Shalom to come back down. Moshe Rabbeinu setting up the Mishkan and taking it back down for seven days, a kiyom of Sheva Yipol Tzadik Vakam. And on a certain level, the Sheva Yipol Tzadik Vakam is, remember, Chazal tell us that after Adam Yifun Yitzhadas Hashem, the Shechina Kedosha, the presence of Hashem in the world, went from being a dear Batachtonim, something which was ever-present and imminent, and we were able to experience it and to feel it, and Hashem's presence was not foreign, it wasn't an it, it wasn't a foreign it, but it was something that we experienced as part of our own Shachanti B'Socham, and then Hashem 
Kivyachal became an it. He, he, he moved himself up one level, one darga, another darga, another darga, another darga, until seven Rakiyos were transcended and Hashem was no longer part of the world. And Moshe Rabbeinu is setting up the Mishkan, Libi Omerli, right now, but didn't see this anywhere. That Moshe Rabbeinu is breaking down the Mishkan, he sets it up and then he breaks it down. On the surface, that nefila of breaking down the Mishkan looks like, you know, we, maybe we did, we did something wrong. We didn't set it up the right way. The Shekhinah is not resting on it. Every time Moshe Rabbeinu breaks down the Mishkan, there's a Paul Dimion that's happening where he's bringing down the Mishkan. That means he's taking down the Mishkan. He's bringing the Shekhinah Kedosha down one level, another level. Every time he breaks down the Mishkan, seemingly breaking Sukkah's David apart, this early iteration of, of the, of the Sukkah's David, he's bringing it down and breaking it down. Every time he breaks it apart, that bringing down of the Mishkan, that deconstruction of the Mishkan is a, is a Sheva Yipol, is a, is a, the nefila that's happening there is Hashem is no fell from his place on high. He's no fell from his place on high and it's the most beautiful type of nefila. Because it's a nefila from Hashem's place on high, from his being not contained within the world. That the world and, and Hashem are experiencing some sort of like, uh, some sort of friction where Hashem can't be present in the world. Each time Moshe Rabbeinu breaks down the Mishkan, he's bringing Hashem down, he's bona olamus and just like the way that Hashem created the world. Hashem goes from the seventh to the sixth to the fifth to the fourth to the third to the second to the first rakia, and finally comes back down to Kimesh Shemayim Al-Aretz. Yismucho Shemayim V'sogel Ha'aretz. That both the earth and the Eretz are able to rejoice about the fact that even though we were nervous, this wasn't going to happen. You can imagine each of the days of the Shiva Malu and Moshe Rabin was setting up the Mishkan and breaking it down and there's already at this point an uncomfortable silence like, Rabbonu Shalom, when are you going to come back into my life? Because the whole beginning of the Parsha, you get a sense that there was some sort of nervousness. There was this anxiety that was hanging over. Even the Tzadik Ador, the Raya Mehemna Moshe Rabbeinu, the Raya Mehemna, the faithful shepherd, the one who is trustworthy, and yet Moshe Rabbeinu feels the need to make an accounting for where everything went, because maybe somebody's looking in on the outside and they're thinking, you know, I don't know if Hashem's going to come and rest on this building, because maybe there's a chashad that some of the materials that should have been used in part of the construction of the Mishkan went to waste. They weren't being used properly. And there's a sense of nervousness. There's a sense of being unworthy, of feeling like no matter what we've done to build the Mishkan, Hashem can't possibly rest on this place. You know, there's a Torah, maybe I mentioned it before, that the Rebbe Rayatz was once walking with his father, Rebbe Rashab, and he looked up at the sky, and the sky was, the sun was starting to set, and the sky was all red, and he said, his son, he said, you know why the sun is, gets red? Right before the sun sets, it's because in the morning the sun comes up and says, Mashiach is going to come today. And then, as the sun is setting, the whole sky becomes red with embarrassment, with shame, because Mashiach didn't come. And so Hashem gives us mincha, Hashem gives us mincha as that final present of the gift of, it's not too late. So you can imagine Moshe Rabbeinu is standing there around mincha time, you know, the sun is getting... Uh, low in the, in the horizon and the sky is turning red again and it's embarrassing and Moshe Rabbeinu's face is also turning red and when's the Rabbeinu Shalom going to come and rest? We're trying to do everything that we can and every single time he has to break down the Mishkan and the Mishkan falls down. 
for Moshe Rabbeinu himself and for the Jewish people who are there watching, there's a sense of this Mishkan, the Mishkan Ha'edus, like Rashi, it's in the first part, an Edus that Hashem is forgiving the Egel. There's this very nervous sense that it's not okay. A sense of never being able to be forgiven. We can sit here in hindsight and to know that Hashem was willing to forgive and that Hashem is a Salchan and what we speak about so many times. But sitting there before this happens, before Mishkan Ha'edus, before we have Edus that Hashem forgave the ego, there's a whole different story. It's a whole different perspective to be sitting there waiting for the moment of Yismuch HaShemayim V'sagel Haaretz. And finally at the end, the Rebbe Shalom decides to come. And I'm starting from the end already, at the end of the Parsha. The word which is used in the final moments of constructing the Mishkan is Vatechal. It was completed. The Malach Mishkan was, was completed, but the Lashon which is used, the Teichel is a Lashon that happened Kilo on its own. The, the work was completed. Who completed the work? It wasn't me, it wasn't you, it wasn't even Moshe Rabbeinu. But the work of the Mishkan was that after Bitzal and Aliyah, after Moshe Rabbeinu and all of the different heads of the different departments did what they were supposed to do, and they reached as far as their arms could reach with the knowledge of Ein Ladav or Sof, and there's no way that we could build a house for Hashem. It happened. Atechal. The Avodah was completed on its own. The Malach was completed, the Avodah was completed. Until finally, the Anane Akavur descend, and Sheva Yipol Tzadik Vekam, the Tzadik falls seven times. Hashem is also called the Tzadik in Tanakh. But Tzadik falls seven times here, not falling as in failing, but falling as in descending from his place on high where he's gone to hide himself after the failings of the human condition. And Hashem comes and places himself inside of the Mishkan. And that's the way it always is in every person's avoda. Every person's avoda, every time we're trying to do any avoda, there's a sense of an Isarusa Dilatata, take out my tefillin in the morning. And I look at them, I stare at them, and I say, what are these things, and how is this supposed to connect me to Hashem? And I could read Svarim about it, and I could learn the halachos in depth. And ultimately, when I place them on, it's only the koach of the fact that Hashem is gomer ba'adi, Hashem finishes the job for me. That in the mysterious place of techal avoda, that the, the avoda is just, it somehow gets completed. And so that even if, and no matter if, I feel that I have all the proper kavanas, what I'm about to do is, I don't know how to do this, and by the way, even the tzaddikim, with all the kavanas that they could possibly have, Torah the Torah still complete all of the kavanas that have ever been brought down on anything. As the Nefesh Chaim writes, that the kavanas, of, and, and other tzaddikim as well, that the kavanas ha'ari that we have for davening, the kavanas hari that, that some tzaddikim daven with was the hari's kavanas on one particular day. That's what he felt on one particular day. There's infinite kavanas. Even what, the, even what we have in the... You know, you have these books that are like yay high, stacked high with kavanas on a, on a tefillah. That's one, that's, that's, that's one drop in the, in, the, in the ocean of what it means to be mechavin, to connect yourself to the infinite. And so Hashem is always gomer 
Ba'adeinu. Hashem is always finishing for us. Yismuchu Hashemayim. Yismuchu means that Hashem is happy with whatever we try to do. Yismuchu Hashemayim. And the earth, meaning we down here, Kiviyachal. Hashem is not in Shemayim. Hashem is also on earth. But the expression of Shemayim, Shemayim, Hashem, Va'aretz Nasan Levnei Adam, the Shemayim which is perfected already by Hashem. That perfection of Kutshebrichu and Shechinte down here in this world, in Knesset Yisrael, as we're trying to do our avoda, each, as, each of us as individuals, and us as a community, and us as a nation. Yismichu HaShamayim, Hashem is happy, Kiviyachal, with our putting all of our efforts into being able to bring him down, and then the earth rejoices in the fact that somehow, somehow, our little efforts become completed through the Yad Hashem. Whatever small little thing, you know, my, my wife has a master's in education. And so I, I recall her speaking about, you know, especially early childhood education. Early childhood education, one of the big inyanim, trying to, you don't pick up do something for the kid, they never learn that way. You know, but there is something called hand over hand. I've heard this expression from her before, hand over hand. Hand over hand is where the child holds the, the crayon or the pencil or whatever it is. And there's a sense of hand over hand is you hold their hand and you sort of direct their hand so they could feel the movement. They could feel the muscle of, of the thing being done. And Yismichu HaShemayim Nesakalaretz means that whenever a Jewish person is doing a Buddha, when Moshe Rabbeinu is building the Mishkan, he keeps trying to do it on his own. Until finally, on the last day, on the last day in Nisan, all the yearning and all the preparation and all the and in the eyes of people, Hashem comes and He finishes the Avodah for us because it's impossible for us to do it on our own. Build a house for Hashem. And with that simultaneous, like I was speaking to somebody who was sitting in this room, I'll leave them anonymous for themselves about this experience of when a person standing before Hashem and tefillah and feeling on the one hand this annihilating sense of standing before their bonus shalom that I can't possibly do anything and yet simultaneously feeling like Hashem wants me to do something. And the sense of bittal that I feel, a sense of abject humility of being completely unworthy, standing in the presence of Hashem's greatness and at the same time knowing that Hashem wants me to move, to do something. And that movement is what Hashem takes and He completes the Indian for me. No different than the, than the story of the, you know, the little boy in the Baal Shem Tov story who, who just says the Aleph Beis and Hashem, you take the letters and put them together. And on a certain level, everyone has to know, we all have to know, whether we're building a Mishkan or we're building our own Avoda, Tikkun Amidos, we're just trying to do a mitzvah. All Hashem wants from us is to, and to build the Mishkan and to break it down, and to build the Mishkan and to break it down, until finally Hashem says, I'm going to take the component pieces that you've put together and make something remarkable for you. And in the place of that partnership, Yismuchu HaShemayim V'sagel HaRetz. Hashem rejoices in our attempt to try to, to do something for Him, as if we could do something for Him, and V'sagel HaRetz. And then, Remarkably, the earth is able to rejoice and say, Whoa, Hashem took my offering, which was subpar, which was unworthy, and He turned it into something. And this is the great teaching that 
when the Ksav Sofer, this is brought down in the Sefer um, Alatfila from Rav Shimon Schwab, that when the Ksav Sofer bumped into Rav Shimon Rafal Hirsch's uh, student, one of his primary students, so he's from two different worlds, you know, two different worlds. And he said, what was your Rebbe's like, main teaching? So he explained to him that his main teaching was that the reason that the Siddur begins with Adon Olam is that Adon Olam Hashem Allah B'Terem Kol Yitzir, that Hashem is so big. And it's impossible to, to offer a tefillah to Hashem. And it's impossible to put on tefillin and talis and to do something for Hashem. And it's impossible to build a basin of dish for Him. Adon Olam Hashem Allah B'Terem Kol Yitzir. Hashem was Melech before there was a world, before there was a creation. And then all of a sudden, the Paitan of Adon Olam turns around and says, V'hu Keli, V'chai Goli, Every single word there ends with a yud, meaning mine. But who keli? He's my God. Chai Ali, He's my redeemer. Hashem is. He's mine. He wants me. He wants my avoda. Yismichu l'shamayim v'sagav haaretz means that Hashem rejoices in the fact that despite the fact that He is b'shamayim and shamayim shamayim l'Hashem, the shamayim is perfect and He doesn't need anything from us. The earth that He's given to man, haaretz nasim l'bnei adam, all along we're struggling to make it shamayim also. Like the Chidush Aram said, to make it into Shemaim. And Hashem says, you want to make the earth Shemaim also? I rejoice in that. And then the earth turns back to Hashem and says, well, who keli? Hashem took my avoda, which was subpar. Hashem took my avoda, my attempt to read a few lines of Gemara, to get through a tosvos, to make some heads or tails out of a piece of, uh, of, of, of an achron which is, which is weighing heavy on me, and I'm not able to figure it out. And I push myself, and even if I'm reading the words wrong, you know, I, I, I've mentioned before the Chiddush, the first Chiddush of Rav Yisrael Reisman. I once heard Rav Yisrael Reisman once said the first Chiddush he ever had. He was learning the Gemara about Yalta breaking 400 barrels of wine when she was very upset, when her husband didn't give her from the Kos Shel Bracha. Gemara says that Yalta broke 400 barrels of, of Khamra. And as a little kid, he was learning, you know, Gemara, little, whatever, he started learning Gemara, he was learning this Gemara in Brachos, and he thought 400 barrels of Khamra meant 400 barrels of donkeys, because Khamor, you know, Khamra. And he couldn't understand, what does that mean, 400 barrels of donkeys? He was scratching his head, you know, he was trying to figure it out. 400 barrels of donkeys, what could that possibly, how do you break 400? And then f- finally, he somehow, either Rashi, or he looked it up, or he realized that Khamra could also mean wine. He said, psh, what a chiddish. What a chiddush, whoa, 400 barrels of wine, not 400 barrels of donkeys. Now, he didn't say this, but I'm saying this, and I believe this as the 14th Animam, that when he was translating the words as 400 barrels of donkeys, in the same way that you're laughing, Hashem was laughing, but not in a way of laughing at him, but laughing in, in a way of saying, Yismichu HaShemayim V'sagel HaAretz. You think it's such a, a small thing that he was able to figure out that, you, that 400 barrels of, of donkeys means 400 barrels of wine? Hashem took that 400 barrels of donkeys that he kept on trying to figure out over and over again. He took that, 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 that attempt of Isra to build the, the, the Mishkan, which was being broken down seven times. And every time he's like, donkeys, I don't get it, donkeys, what donkeys? He built it up and broke it down, built it up and broke it down. Until Yismichu HaShemayim, until the Rabboni Shalom saw Somebody wants me to come down into the world, into the world of donkeys and wine and, 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 and machloksin between a husband and a wife because she felt slighted. And Hashem, wants, Hashem says, somebody wants me to come down into that, to be present in their world. 
So I'll take that 400 barrels of donkeys and I'll show you what it really means. It means, it really means something else and I'll open up your eyes. And suddenly, in an instant, who Kaylee? The Chai Goli. Shem is my Redeemer, who teaches me that 400 barrels of donkeys means 400 barrels of wine. Who teaches me that even though I built the Mishkan the same way seven times and it didn't work, all of a sudden, boom, it works, and the Hashras HaShchina happened.
Teachers of Mayor Goldwicht, who certainly is responsible for any level of avas or simchas Torah that I have. A man who has permanent creases in his face for the smiling that he is a Talmud of Shlomo Zalman Arbach, who similarly never didn't have a smile on his face. And on a number of occasions, I've heard Shira and Parshas Lachlacha is a big time where Golech likes to speak about Mea Brachos. Meaning of Lechlacha. Very deep teaching of Lechlacha. Lechlacha is Lamed Chaf, Lamed Chaf, which is 50 and 50, is 100. Ve'ye Bracha, you'll become, literally, you'll become the, the blessing. Have the Mafteach of, of the Brachos. This mafteach of the brachos, which was passed from Avon to Yitzchak to Yaakov to Yosef, passed on to the, to the Jewish people who are sometimes called B'nai Yosef, that we have the access to bring Hashem into the world. So that same, that same tzaddik, the Chidush Arim, who explains, Shemaim, Shemaim, Hashem, the Arts, Adam, Hashem made Shemaim, Shemaim, and he gave earth to man to make it into Shemaim. So the Chidush says that in the counting of the various different pieces of the, of the Mishkan, of the different materials, so the Torah tells us that 100 kikar kesef were given to make the adonim, to make the sockets. Different sockets. There are 48, Rashi does the calculation, of course. There are 48 uh, beams. There are 48 beams in the Mishkan. 48 Kroshim, each one of the beams has two sockets. And then there are four sockets left over, which are the sockets for the Peruchas. Total of 100 sockets, each one made out of a Kikar Kesef. So the Chidusharim explained that we have 100. Adonim, made out of Kesef. And he said that these Adonim are a reference to the Mea Brachos B'chol Yom. The Mea times, a hundred times a day when a person says, Baruch Ata Adnus. Adonim, which comes from the notion of Ad, 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 Adonim, is the Adonim. A hundred times that we return and tap into and stand face to face with the Adon. And those Adonim are made from Kisufin. They're made from Kesef. They're made from yearning. Kesef is a lesson of Kisufin, of yearning to be in front of Hashem. The very beams that are holding up and creating the space, the Rosh Hashayachir of Kedusha, 
are made out of these 100 sockets. The Shechina, which comes and rests inside the Mishkan, is, is really resting Ben Shnei Akruvim, like the Pasuk says elsewhere. And so the Parochas as well, you have the 48 beams, and the Parochas together create the space for intimacy with Hashem. The 100 Kikar Kesef, those 100 acts of yearning for Hashem, those 100 Adonim, turning to Hashem and saying, Adon, you are my master. Adon Ata. Which again, all the tzaddikim explained, the Gemara says in Brachos, Avram Avinu, who began this whole thing. If Adam Rishon was the one who sent the Shekhinah up, and then Kain and Hevel another, and then Enosh another, until Hashem reached the seventh Rakia, so Avram Avinu was the one to begin bringing it down. Lech is the beginning of this journey. The yearning to stand in front of Hashem. The Gemara says Avram Avinu was the first to call Hashem Adon. There are other names that people refer to Hashem, but he was the first one to call Hashem Adon. And the Mepharshim explained, the Rishonim, the, the Mepharshim on the Gemara explained that Avram Avinu is the one to call Hashem Adon because Adon means that we have a personal relationship. And Avram was the first one to really bring that down. hundred Adonim, a hundred Adonim. To repeat over and over again, Adon. Every time a person says, Aleph, Dalit, Nun, Yun, and they, they, they recount to Hashem, they say, Adon, Noi, you are my Adon, you are my master. They should remember the teaching of Rosh Hashem Hirsch. Adon, Olam, Hashem, Alach. You are so big. And yet, somehow, even though I'm not Shaykh, I yearn to stand in front of you. I yearn to be standing in front of you. And with that kisufen, with that yearning, with those a hundred kikar kesef, kisufen, that come from my Adon, Shlomo Zalman Arbach, I just mentioned a moment ago, my Rebbe's Rebbe, Shlomo Zalman used to say that he didn't really learn from Musar Svarim often. Sometimes he would. But he said he didn't learn from Musar Svarim often because for him, his Musar Seder was... And, you know, none of you try to pull this on me. He really, he said his Musr Seder was when he would say brachos, he would stop. And he said when, not always, he said when he would say baruch, kemoshe tzarich. He would say the word baruch. And he would think, what does the word baruch mean? And then he would say ata. Ata. You say the word ata in the right way, you know, it's like, it's the greatest, I mean, there's no Muslim safer better than the word Atta. Atta? You're saying Atta to Hashem? I mentioned before the story about the British river that somebody walked into the Chidus with the, with the Kedusha Slavi and he walked into, the, into his office and, he, and there was nobody in the office. And all of a sudden he heard from underneath the desk someone screaming out, Shakol Niyabit Varo! And the British river popped up from behind the desk and said, Rabbi, what are you doing behind there? He said, I said, Baruch Atta. Hashem, and I said, Atta, and I realized Hashem was in the room, I hid under the desk. I got very scared, you know. I was nervous to be standing, how inadequate I feel standing in front of Hashem. And then I went under the desk, and I said, Tak Hashem's under here also, it doesn't make sense. I finished the bracha, and I came back out, right as he walked in. Baruch but you say the word Baruch. Hashem, Baruch Atta Hashem. 
And so far, I didn't say anything about my relationship with you. I just, Baruch Atta Hashem. And then I start to say, Elokeinu Melech HaOlam. After I say the word Hashem, Yud Kevavke, the way that he is, and yet, there's a Yud at the end of that word. Aleph Dalet Nun Yud, Adon Shali. Which means that Hashem cares about what I'm doing. The kisufin, the yearning that comes from that, from that bracha, the person says a bracha in the right way. Shlomo Zaman said, you know, when he does it right, he doesn't need to learn Musa that day. How often do we do it right, though? The Mishkan is built out of the yearning of the Jewish people. That's really all it is. It's called Nediv Leiv. It's Nediva, it's Nediva Saleiv. It's not so much that they give material. They, of course they give material, but they give material to the, to the eagle also. It's the Nediva Saleiv that a person rebuilds their relationship with Hashem every single day through these 100 brachos. These hundred kikar kesef for the Adonim. These bricks of kisufin. These are the maftechos, these are the keys that open up a relationship with Hashem. This is the, the lech lecha. That started with Avram Avinu, that Avram Avinu brought the Shekhinah down one level. That lech lecha that he heard, that Avram Avinu heard lech lecha, to the land that I will show you. One of the reasons that the Mepharshim asked, why doesn't it say where he was being sent? Well, why didn't Hashem say, go to Eretz Yisrael? So there's a few different answers. One answer is because Hashem wanted him to be filled with kisufin for where he was going. He, he didn't want to have a destination. That would get to the destination, you know. It's, it's, it's the quest, it's the kisufin to get there. It's the act of going itself. Another answer is because it wasn't just Eretz Yisrael, but that was one shlav of the journey. But then, eventually, Hashem would say again, "Go to Har Maria," and to begin to be megala, this process of bringing Hashem back into the world is a lechacha. It might not sound as adventurous. It might not sound as adventurous to stop in the middle of the day and make a bracha stop in the middle of a board meeting and make a bracha, to stop right before I'm about to perform a surgery and make a bracha, but in the same way that Avramin left a world of idolatry behind, he left a world where there was plurality and multiplicity in his father's house and everything around him was screaming, yadi, and the work of your own hands and the idols that you've created. And Avramin heard lechlecha. Every time a Jew closes their eyes in the middle of the day, whatever they're doing, now you're in yeshiva, it's not so, not everybody listening is in yeshiva, but now, when you stop for a minute, as you're about to put a potato chip in your mouth, or you're about to take a sip of water, or, and in the middle of the day, you stop and you say, Avnavinu started something here, where he was bringing the Shekhinah back down into the earth, back down into the world. And that culminated with the, the, the building of the, the frame of the Mishkan. The frame of the Mishkan itself was made of this 100 kikar kesef of uh, these kisufin of Adonim, of Adonim, of Adonim. Avram Avinu was the first to call Hashem Adon, Adon. 
if Avram Avinu was the first to call Hashem Adon, then when we make a bracha, we continue the legacy of Avram Avinu, and we call him Adon with a yud at the end. Adon Sheli. Hashem should save us from al should save the world from al Every rod's got sweet, baby boy.
Yeah.